I say something. Hello. Adventure. Love. Connection. Risk. Passion. Evolution. Play. Life. The Archetypal Tarot Podcast. Provocative mythology for the 21st century. Hey, Sandera, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you, Julian? I'm happy to be back in the closet here. In our, I mean, um, Archetypal Tarot Headquarters. <laughs> San Francisco Secret Headquarters. Indeed, indeed. And we're going to be talking about the woo to the woo and the superstition. Why is that, Sandera? Why are we talking about that today? This is a big topic, and uh, I am so excited about why we're talking about this, which is that we got a really wonderful and depth email from one of our listeners and uh she is uh lives in england and, and she she, she kind of challenged us a little bit we got a little we got a little like hey explain yourself no which... no julian just relax just no relax. i'm excited <laughs> totally excited it's a good question for us to explore well this is so podcast. great because we usually we only get emails that are like we love your podcast keep I it know, up I so know. this was like really starting an in-depth conversation which i'm really excited to respond to so uh, she did start with saying she loves our podcast, which is really awesome. Uh, she appreciates all the work and the research, especially that Julianne puts into everything. Uh -huh. She's she's a hard worker around here. and But she, she poses a question to us, which is, why are you both so scared of the occult side of the tarot, which you both talk about as being a bit woo-woo? And I do remember we've used this word yeah, before, and uh, I think we both collectively realize that we need to explain why we have even said this funny-sounding word, woo-woo, uh, and pertain to the tarot, and uh, explain ourselves a little bit around its usage and what it means. and Superstition. Uh, and it's leading us to a talk about superstition and uh just generally how we approach the tarot in our podcast. Uh, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And I can tell you're just chomping at the bit, Julian. Yes, you are so excited to talk about this. Um, what what uh, comes to you off the top of your head as you uh, hear this email and uh, think about it? I loved bit. it. And I think we had, a, we had a great sort of emails back and forth about it. And I think it's important because, you know, you was it five years ago when you and I started this podcast we're coming from our own specific backgrounds. We do share Carl Jung, um, depth psychology, coming from more of a, a psychological um, viewpoint of things, and me specifically working with archetypes individually with people. So those are those embedded patterns that are they're within all of us, um, and I specifically was working more with people and their sort of character archetypes. You know, the king, the queen, the gambler, the fool, the mother, all of those, how those play out and um, being able to work with those more specifically and feel more like you're in the driver's seat with your life and getting an understander, understanding of what's what helps, you know, what, what's kind of not working in your life with them. How are they causing you trouble? But also what are the great connections with those? And you and I discovered with our work and what, what you do that talking about the tarot specifically as a story was really, really important. And your background specifically in depth psychology. Yeah. Studying the archetypes and Jungian psychology and then seeing the tarot, which I had long been intrigued by, but was too afraid to even approach. It just seemed so mystical uh -huh. and so many uh, frightening and beautiful imagery. How could I even 
think to approach this this deck, but really beginning to find through the lens of psychology that the the imagery spoke to and illustrated many of the deep feelings and experiences of being alive, and uh, and that's the emerging experience that I encompass when approaching the tarot through psychology, and then. I met you, Julianne, and you'd been through your training with Carolyn Mason and her amazing approach to archetypes and cards. And uh, I thought, oh my gosh, this is got, would be a great uh, podcast for us to meld minds and explore its possibilities. Possibilities being uh, actually a big key word uh, when we talk about tarot and using the tarot, that we don't tend to use it as a fortune-telling device or something that will tell us what to do or, um, I don't know, be prescriptive in any way, but that it allows us to clarify and lay out uh, and explore possibilities for big questions in our life. Yeah, it's primarily as a, a learning tool that's not to, not to say that there isn't something sacred in the process. I think that's maybe something that uh, the casual listener of of our show might or might not get. So I thought that was, was important for us to talk about is the, the sacredness of experiencing the archetypes and the stories um, with, within the tarot being um, very important. But what I uh, really thought at the beginning is I wanted to, wanted this what we talk about in the podcast to be available for everybody, for the people who are like, Ooh, tarot, you, you're a freak, whatever. But just to know there is something very, very important. And there's this crust of story around the tarot that says it's voodoo, it's bad, it's, or it's for stupid people, or it's for people who are so superstitious. They don't have any kind of uh, their own sort of volition or agency in their lives. They simply, you know, put down cards and then they blindly follow it. And that's, that's what I consider woo-woo. That's what I consider the sort of the dark side of a superstition around something. That it, it, the tarot is it's very powerful in it. It's way that we can work with it to to learn and to grow. Um, it's but to me it's that sort of the gypsy fortune teller blindly following and heeding to whatever is said. To me is it's it's the same thing as being a fundamentalist meaning that you just take something at face value and that's it. And your own power and your own agency, you just chuck that over your shoulder. You're just like, I will do what the cards say or I will, you know, get completely, you know, loopy over the fact that a certain card was upside down in a reading or whatever that. Yeah, that I, I don't do the upside down <laughs> thing. That really hard would be so frustrated. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that's part of it too. But I love seeing that there's a shadow to every card and to every archetype as, as well, we in, found in the... In I, some reversals, it basically makes the card more potent and quote-unquote mm -hmm. better. But just getting back to that woo-woo thing there... The, yeah, I will take a pejorative stance against things that where people are just, they pull a card and they're just like, oh, and they go tromping off and, and completely react to whatever is there. And they, they toss logic, reason, and any sort of connectivity to what is going on in their life because one thing, it's the same if you've got a crazy superstition. Um, and I think everyone's a little bit superstitious about things. Um, I was reading this article, I'll link to it, by Seth Godin, who's, you know, not a superstition kind of person himself, but he wrote a whole blog post on it, and, you know, about certain political, you know, 
political people who don't change their underwear while they're, you know, they're the person that they're helping promote is on a streak and being very popular. And, you know, those are like, it's just a little thing, but their belief in it makes it this powerful thing when, you know, it's, it's kind of taking your own agency and throwing it out the window. I'm not going to change my, change my underwear or I'm, or I'm going to, I know I'm going to have a bad day because a cat, you know, crossed in front of me or even sort of this good thing, you know, even in the positive, it's, it can take you out of the present. It can take you out of, you know, maybe something else that's happening, that fundamentalist sort of superstitious thing. You, just, you know, you don't have any control anymore. And I don't think we're meant for that. I truly don't. I think superstition can be dangerous. Well, speaking of cats, we have a special listener viewer uh, oh, yeah. on our t one of our tweets and um <laughs> we we pose this question out what what does superstition mean and and uh what does it mean to you and and um one of our responders said most people think of black animals as bad luck but i've always thought they were the most beautiful i thought that was kind of a nice image to and that's from our play friend with cat to see me that's right. And she did some of the music for one of our past podcasts. Thank you, Kat. I love her. Good job with that. Uh, more tweets from uh, Biddy Tarot, very big tarot website, right? Probably uh, the most popular tarot website out there. So, uh, Believing, uh, superstition is believing you must do something for everything to be okay. Truth is, you can do it however you want. You create your destiny. Yeah. Thank you, Bridget Esselmont, for responding to that. I'm, I'm, I'm with that. I think that is... The thing that can be difficult with a superstition or a tarot spread that maybe wasn't kind of in your favor or whatever people can use the tarot is um, that you're losing control. You no longer, you know, and I'm I'm of the opinion that we are never 100% in control of anything. We're called to be in relationship and respond to things and being too superstitious or being too woo about something breaks that connection. And I think that's that's where the difficulty can be. And I've seen people kind of, you know, wreak havoc in their family's lives or other mm. people's mm -hmm. lives because, you know, maybe they were doing a spread about their relationship and some difficult cards came up and they took action on those cards that were really more based on the cards than what was paying attention to, you know, getting a greater understanding of what's going on. You know, somebody breaking up. A relationship that mm. I mean who's mm -hmm. to say but that that is to me that's the difficulty that's the sort of power that um, we can put on something a tradition a tarot card uh, and anything um, I think what we both talk about most of all in this is you know the the language of symbols and it it really does call us into a relationship with getting a greater understanding versus turn a card over, make a decision, and then just, like, go from there. It's, it is a slower, it's a more feminine process. And from Seer and Sundry? Yeah. No, no other name on it, just Seer and Sundry. A belief, a superstition is a belief that a certain action or event will cause a reaction that isn't justified through reason. And I think that's, that's true, too. Um, not everything is going to be reasonable, though. I think that's the tricky part. <clears throat> there is a great deal of, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know what I would call soul language that, um, you can't, you're not going to ever get reason wrapped around, you know, but with that, you also can't throw, you know, the logical out. But as you, 
I think, have dialogues and you get more sort of intimate with your own intuition as things are happening um, and you don't swing one way or the other too much, you will start to understand that, like, yeah, their reason is perfect for a lot of things, um, but it is not the end-all be-all of everything, which is why we have imaginations and we have dialogues with these imaginary characters in the tarot or we have a... Uh, this model that we can we can work with to find out what's yeah, and I think that's true. a great gift to the tarot is that those imaginary beings are representations of real forces within ourselves and and things that we're dealing with. And you know, you may have names for them, and they might even reflect the gods or goddesses. It could be you know your goddess of love, this Venus, this Aphrodite, uh, which is wonderful to call her that because it gives her a face, a feeling, something beautiful to work with and. You can have a conversation with that. And whether you take her as a literal being out in the world or inside or, you know, that she's really holding and, and affecting things, that's up to you. And that's great, you know, if you believe and invest energy into that. Uh, but it's something to be conversed with and to not let rule your life, but to be in conversation and connection with. Uh, but giving it a name and, and being a god or goddess and uh, paying homage to that god or goddess is very special. Uh, and there's a seed to superstition that uh, James Hillman, I think, re references in uh, his pagan psychology lectures. Um, and he said that one of the valuable things about a, a superstition is that it it makes you uh, not totally be stuck in your own ego, like I am the controller of things. It makes you aware of and in response to all of these forces in your life and that you you pay homage to them and you explore this territory. Now, but let's look at the root of the word superstition. And so we have um, from Old French or from Latin this super, which is like the over, and then the stare, which is in the stition, to stand. And so there's perhaps this notion of a standing over something in awe. But what is interesting about this is that to stand is to be fixed, to be in one place, and to stare uh, is most unhealthy for the eyes, as we know. Uh, if you've uh, researched a little bit about eye health and what's good for them, to stare at something for too long is to be fixed and um, static with that thing. And you're actually unseeing when you're staring. So the danger of superstition is that you can get stuck in it and that you, you cease to see other voices or other possibilities and whatever is contrary to your belief of that superstition becomes dangerous and uh, threatening. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so we, this is an important thing to keep in mind just coming from the roots of superstition itself. And when things are stuck or stagnant, you're maybe seeing it too, as too literal and, you know, it can really have a, a control and wreak havoc on one's life. We hope you're enjoying this episode and we invite you to become a part of the Archetypal Tarot team by becoming a patron. It's super easy and there are some awesome rewards for joining. So just visit tiny.cc slash tarot for more information. And now back to our program. Yeah, again, for me, it just comes back to that sort of fundamentalist um, approach of this is all this could ever be. By, I think, by, by nature, most divinatory systems are, you know, you can come at them from 
multiple ways. And I think that is drawing out of us that if you don't have the pat answer specifically, and that's the trouble with these things is most many times when you go to a divinatory system, you want the pat answer because you don't know what to do. Like, tell me what to do. Tell me what will happen, you know, kind of save my, save my bacon, please. I'll do a reading and I'll know what to do. Um, the, 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 the difficult part of that is if you just literally do what you were supposedly being told, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't necessarily empower you with anything other than like I'm following directions. But the more sort of both and approach, the broad approach of getting a bit more information from those cards and incorporating that in with your next step forwards or, you know, uh, asking another question, live that question. And I think oftentimes um, people will, you know, you'll get exactly what you want. You can, I, and I've heard this, I was speaking with um, somebody we're going to hopefully have a talk with here on the show, Alex. And so Alex, I mean, if you think we're the anti-woo-woo, uh, my friend Alex has been a psychic tarot reading, you know, for like 20 some odd years. And he runs one of the most successful psychic salons in Boston. And so I'm, I'm personally not anti-woo-woo. I will have a conversation that will turn into a reading or I'll have a reading with him. And I am just, my hair blows back. It's amazing. Like just stuff that there's no way he could ever possibly know, but it's used as guidance. It's used as, you know, an understanding of, of the possibilities and what's in a situation. And, and he and I were talking about it and he said that, you know, he will, he for one sees the, the tarot is just a really great educational tool mm -hmm. um, to really investigate yourself and what's going on. But also he'll, you know, cards will come up whether he's reading them for someone else or someone's doing their own. You almost draw them in because that's what you want so much. And that's an important thing to recognize is that, you know, as people work with the tarot and maybe they're using it as a, you know, divinatory tell me kind of the future and they get the spread is everything they want to really understand that they're calling that in. And maybe that's, maybe that's a, um, a way to, for them to understand this is truly what I want. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. Doesn't mean we don't do anything more towards it or whatever, but that sort of, um, confirmation of, yeah, that's, that is really, really what I want. Doesn't mean it's necessarily going to happen. I truly believe there's far too many moving pieces involved and to just aim at one spot and go there. Just, it doesn't seem to, to be all that healthy or helpful. Mm -hmm. um, to be kind of obsessed with one outcome. Yeah, I think that the complicated answer to our times is having a, a multitude of perspectives and approaches and being open to many things. And uh, so we we love it and we welcome all kinds of uh, beliefs and, and approaches to the tarot, uh, to listen to our podcasts and to uh, play with these ideas. And so, yeah, we love being a part of this conversation and, and would love to welcome uh, people on our show too that engage with it in different ways. Absolutely. And there is, I mean, through throughout all of this, we, you know, you can think of the world as being alive, you know, the, the anima mundi, the soul of the world, where, you know, you're either in a live universe or you're in a dead universe. And there's so many things in relationship with you know, people that are like completely scientific, meaning that they're, they're scientism, they're fundamentalists of science. I'm not with that either. There's, there's too much that's unexplained out there. So I, 
you know, I would, I would never say, oh, well, that's complete poppycock or whatever. There's so much that's unexplained. I mean, just simple, simply things like quantum entanglement and dark matter. Nobody flippin' understands those yet. And yet there are things like, you know, all of us using our own intuition, you know, Alex having this like incredibly keen insight to, you know, to things just spot on, whether he's speaking to spirits or however that process happens through him. But yeah, of course, you know, there are, there is, there are things that are uncanny that, that we can't explain. I think the woo-woo part that, you know, we, we tend to cast aspersions on is, is really just that throwing away of any other relationship or connectivity and just kind of like blindly following one thing. I just don't think is is healthy because that tends to tromp over other people and that's where the damage comes in when people just get superstitious and just knock over everything else because they're terrified something will happen. Uh, Carl Jung says, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will divert your life and you will call it fate. And I think that that speaks a little bit to what you're talking about, that if we, uh, so our unconscious can kind of spill out over these cards or be in conversation with the images on the cards that we see. And if we just kind of follow what we think they mean, they're actually manifesting or bringing out this unexamined fate that's go going to transpire. So, it, the but used correctly, the tarot can be this conversation, this... Uh, participatory experience where you can ask questions and not always agree with what's coming forward and, and wrestle with it. Um, and, and this in turn allows whatever was blurry or fuzzy before to, to become more clear so that you can make a more informed decision based off what you're feeling on the inside. And, and um, I really feel like it can actually be a clearing of the fog to work with tarot and, um, to be in greater touch with yourself and your relationship to others. So, hey, so I think to, I don't know, do we, have we covered the woo to the woo? Maybe this is just the beginning. I, I feel like this could spark more uh, insights, conversation, reactions. And so I think we can be open to our listeners responding. And, and um, I think it's something we'll probably revisit in future conversations. We will bring it up and, and, uh, yeah, just, you know, when we're dissing the woo to the woo, um, <laughs> I think it is, it is a, it's rather than an archetype, it's a stereotype that I think both of us really work to, to bring voice to a larger conversation around these various systems and with us specifically, the tarot that there's there is more there it is not simply superstition there's um a greater story a greater aliveness around it and that yeah we don't recommend or ourselves blindly follow any sort of specific system it is i think both of us are more investigatory about what we do and, and we will annoy people who have more of a fundamentalist sort of view of it and that's I think fine too I think again we have the the world is ensouled I believe and there's so much more alive than I think what we're knowing and and what we generally are out there and tools and things like the tarot and the stories mythology working with symbols um is incredibly rich and connects us out I think into the greater web of that ensouled world than just simply following a specific line.
um, through all of it. So, in Sold World, you are just so woo woo. I've been reading Rick Tarnas a lot. More <laughs> oh, I heard he's got a documentary coming out. Absolutely, I'm, kind of excited. I'm excited about well, that. Astrology. I mean, you can take the whole thing. I have right. a really talk about woo woo and woo woo-ness. I have a, a good friend of mine who's not. I mean, anything that smacks of astrology or numerology or whatever, he's just like, poo, poo, poo. You know, just no, he just thinks it's all hooey. And he considers all of it woo-woo. And I had a conversation with him not too long ago. He's like, oh, astrology. And I'm like, well, spoken like a true Pisces, blah, blah, blah. So, I, <laughs> you know, I kind of went there with it. But I, I said, okay, I, I get that. And I'm, I'm sort of there with you with people who will categorize someone as their sun sign. You know, like, oh, well, pfft. Sundara's a Gemini, you know, blah, blah. I am so totally a Gemini, <laughs> she by is, the way. Two both, both of her are. Um, <laughs> but, but with that, there is so, so much more to a person in that. Um, I went back to read a little bit more of um, Rick Tarnas's wonderful book, um, Cosmos and Psyche, which I recommend everyone to read. Oh, yeah. Uh, looking at astrology as, and this is my regurgitating what it's about but it's it's less about saying that there's vib vibrations coming from the stars and really more an it's an exploration of the psyche over time in relationship to where the stars were and how those archetypes and the things got connected to the astrological signs um, there's so much to it that you he he says that it's more like looking at a clock to see what time it is versus saying there's a causality so if you take away that simple causality, right? Say causal, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, the, the, the it's 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 a rich history, mm -hmm. and you can't pin down a causality of it. And if you struggle just to do that, you miss the point that astrology and looking at just the immense depth of information available that's a history of we've seen this happen at this time and we the only you know the ancient babylonians what do they have to look at the stars so they went with that so you can't necessarily say oh it was all caused by the vibration of the star in this right. point because there's some pretty big technical issues with that but <laughs> the fact that there's anyway we won't get into that but that idea that you can often look at something like astrology as being hyper superstitious but you can also see it as um, a history of we've seen this pattern before this happens at this time there's a propensity for things to be in relationship with each other at specific times in relationship to when we were born etc and like that so it's more of a technology it's more of an applied wisdom which has been my approach to archetypes is applying wisdom versus just seeing it as a predictor and being able to put people in pockets like you're this, you're that, therefore, you know, nothing else. That's not fair to a human being. It's mm. not fair to a life. And in terms of astrology, you see a perfect example is Charlie Chaplin and Adolf Hitler had nearly identical astrological charts. And mustaches. And mustaches. So there was so <laughs> much that they had in common, but you can see extremely different lives coming out of it. So it's really more a matter of understanding the symbols and influences and the potentialities um, based on a history. It's just as simple as that. So it doesn't have to be woo-woo. It can be an intelligence. So Wait, have you seen Charlie Chaplin when he, he depicts Hitler? In yes. That's pretty hilarious. It is hilarious. And there's 
evidently there are many people who worked with Chaplin who said he was very much the dictator in his approach to things. Interesting. And that they do, they, they're, you know, the similarities in the way their approaches for certain things, but what they did with their lives could pretty much not be any more different. So potentiality and that. So information, we're getting information. There's energies involved in all of these that you can consciously work with or it will unconsciously work through through us. So. I love Charlie Chaplin. My and favorite. I love that Hitler was a vegetarian. But that's about it. That's about it. We're not going to end on a Hitler note, are we? <laughs> what the fuck? Anyway. There, I swore we're going to put an explicit. Oh, man. It's all cut now. Uh, well, thank you for joining us on this uh, conversational response podcast. This was exciting. Absolutely. Uh, so more, we, more questions. Yeah, yes. we always welcome um, feedback and questions. And uh, we love wrestling with this material and with these concepts. Uh, and we hope you enjoy listening in, too. And we love everybody. We love we love the pagans and the, the weird people. And you know, we're freaks <laughs> ourselves. So Totally, totally. We're in a closet talking about archetypes. We're a very special class of We're just being. depth psychology nerds, so, you know. <laughs> and, we uh, don't be hating. All right. Mustaches. Let's go. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this episode, and we invite you to become a part of the Archetypal Tarot team by becoming one of our patrons. Our patrons are awesome. So if you're interested, visit tiny.cc slash tarot for more information and the awesome rewards for joining. That's tiny.cc slash tarot.